You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Adversity is trouble or difficulty. That's what it is. It's, it's trouble or difficulty. When I was a child, teenager, a young adult, and now I'm a senior, I can go all the way back to when I was in single digits in reference to my age and, and can say honestly that throughout my life, I have had adversity. When I was five, difficulty was there. Trouble was there. When I hit double digits, 10, adversity was there. In my 20s, enjoying certain things, but adversity was still there. I wonder who else has the same testimony that, that your life had been, been a life that was just filled with adversity. And, and so when you consider that, well, well, matter of fact, before I go on, how many can agree with me that your life has been filled with adversity? Single digits in reference to age up until the present time. Come on, hold that hand up. Let me look at you, at least as far as I can see. <laughs> so we understand that based upon that adversity, trouble or difficulty is just a part of life. You agree? It's just a part of life. It's, it's something that God allows to happen. He allows you to go through adverse times. And he, being omnipotent, could move it. But in his sovereignty, he has not moved it. And based upon 62 years here on earth, I, I just don't believe he's going to move. And some of y'all are older than me. I guess you can say, well, I, I got 66, so I know it hadn't been moved. Then some of you would say, well, I got 70. And it hadn't been moved. So at first it's just a part of Adversity is just a part of, but let's consider what some writers had to say about adversity in order to bring uh, more clarity 
to adversity. Let's start in the book of Job, chapter 2. Book of Job, chapter 2. And Job, the author of the book, was, was going through at adverse times. He was going through adversity. And so his wife decided to talk to him about his adversity. Job 2. We'll start at verse 9. Job 2, verse 9. Ready? Then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Job responds. You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? That's what he asked his wife. Shall we accept good but not accept Adversity. And you have folk that, that, that want to just have good all the time. And not trouble or difficulty. But Job's mindset was you should accept good but also adversity. That's a grown man talking. Mature man. Saying to his wife who, who basically told him it's time for you to die and, and the way you can do it is just start by cursing God. She wanted him to sin. That's the reason the conclusion of Job 2 and 10, it, it states that he did not sin. He didn't sin. That's what she wanted from him. Just, just, look, God has just been bad. He used to just go ahead and sin. But Job said, no. Say the same way I accepted good from him, I'm going to accept this adversity. I'm just going to accept it. It takes a mind to do that. You got to have a mind to take the good along with the trouble. Now keep in mind, we, we're talking about a man that has, has lost his livelihood, his children, but yet he Still, in the midst of pain, tells his wife, basically, I'm going to accept the good and the trouble. 
And he recognizes the sovereignty of God because he acknowledges that God is the one that gives good, but he also allows difficulty. But let's look at what Isaiah said about it. Let's look at what Isaiah said about it in, in uh, Isaiah 30. Isaiah chapter 30. Y'all ready? Verse 20. This is what Isaiah states. And though the Lord gives you, is actually prophetic, gives you the bread of what? Now here goes a person that is a prophet that speaks the mind of God or speaks on God's behalf that basically says God Gives you the bread of adversity. Now consider his, his choice of words. Adversity is bread. Bread is something according to Jesus that we have to live by. If we are going to exist, we've got to have bread. And Jesus himself used bread from a literal standpoint as, as well as a, as a theological standpoint. Remember Matthew 4 and 4 when he told the devil, man shall not live by bread alone, literal, but by every word. And of course, every word of God and of course word and bread are the same are synonymous when it comes to the scripture and so we, we have to consider what Isaiah is saying is that adversity is something we need in order to, to live the way God wants us to live If you're going to live on earth the way God wants you to live, you're going to have to have a little trouble. A man that is born of a woman is born with trouble. That's Bible. You're born and you're going to experience trouble, even though you don't want it. I said, even though you don't want it. And, and when you really look back at 
your life, like, like I stated earlier, you, you, you ought to just be mature enough to say, you know what? Trouble going to come. Adversity just going to happen. I, I'm just going to have to learn how to deal with the adversity that the Lord has chose to put on my plate. Whatever he has chose to put on my plate, I'm just going to have to learn how to deal with it. Now, breaking down Isaiah 30 and 20. Isaiah deemed adversity a gift from God. Consider James 1 and 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from God. Trouble is a good thing, even though we don't like it. When it comes from. Now, when you cause your own trouble, that's a different story. I said, when you start messing up your own self, that's a different story. But when God allows trouble to come your way, some benefits going to come out of it. I'm not going to the scripture, but David said, it was good that I was afflicted. It was good for me that I was afflicted. Why, David? So I could learn to keep your commandments or your statutes. Then the Hebrew writer said about Jesus, though he were a son, yet learned he obedient through the things he suffered. He benefited from it. He benefited from trouble. You have to benefit from your trouble. That didn't go well. That didn't go over well. How many really to help me? Just tell somebody right beside you or next to you, you can benefit from trouble. You can learn from trouble. You can mature from trouble. But you have to first have the mind that trouble is a part of life. And trouble as a gift from God is number one, according to James 1 and 17, good or benefit. But he didn't, he didn't just say God gives good gifts. He said perfect, suitable, right for a purpose, right for your purpose. Yeah, I'm going to send Walker some such and such trouble. That's what he needs. In order to grow. I'm going to send. Prophet is so and so. Some such and such trouble. In order for her to quit. Running her mouth.
He will send trouble to teach you about him and about yourself. He'll send you trouble to, so you will straighten up. Yes, he will. And I can't go to the, all that I'm telling you scripturally because we, we don't have uh, that much time tonight. But I think most of you would agree that, that God will allow certain things to come your way. But we just have to accept that when God allows trouble to come, there's going to be some benefits in it. And, it, and it's going to be something that's so perfect, so right for us to where it's going to make us better. It, it's just like right now, some of us, we, we can look back at natural things that we didn't like that were trouble but it benefited us you know you talk you hear folk talk about they didn't like whippings and all that but when you look back at getting whippings somebody can say you know what it helped me it helped me even the Bible say, if you spat a rod, you will. It's certain things that you didn't like that were difficult that, in hindsight, it benefited you. It was, it was what you needed. And so you got to understand that it, in order to grasp all that I'm going to release tonight, you got to understand that, that trouble is just a part of of life and the Lord will allow trouble to be tailored for you. He will allow it to be tailored just for you. If he wouldn't allow some of us to go through some of the financial trouble we went through we wouldn't be able to handle what we handle right now. You good with money not because you went to school and you took a whole lot of economic courses. No. And that might be part of you, you know, your, your knowledge and the reason you can handle certain things, but somewhere along the line, God allowed you to go through something that, that calls you to say out of your mouth, if you ever get me out of this, if you ever get me out of this right here, I promise you I ain't going to go and do it no more. I got to go home and tell your neighbor, trouble will help you. And he know the right kind of trouble to send your way. But your trouble that you bring on yourself, that's different. I got to be clear about that now because I know I done said it two or three times, but I just want you to understand. You say, well, this trouble right here is going to be beneficial. Not if you brought it on. 
you messing up yourself. Amen? Amen. And so, you have to understand when it comes to trouble that a lot of folk faint because of difficulty. They can't handle it. Have to go get a drink. An ounce of coke. I got to go see the doctor. Man, this thing about to drive me crazy. I got to go and see if he can give me a prescription. I got to have some relief from this right here. Man, this thing's stressing me out. Some folk can't deal with trouble, difficulty, adversity properly. It's going to be a part of your life, so, so you got to learn how to deal with it properly. You can't faint. And again, there are a whole lot of people that do. When you faint, in, in one sense, it means that you, you just lose courage. You're not willing to, to be the person that God created you to be. See, if God created us in his image and in his likeness, that, that means that we have power to deal with some stuff. In his image, in his likeness, God got power. So if I'm in his likeness, that means he made sure... He gave me some power. But if all of us are created in his image, in his likeness, that means every person in here has power. You have ability to do. You have ability to do in your entire being, your spirit, your soul, and your body. You have ability to do in your mind, even though they may have have labeled you as this, that, or the other. You have been given by God the ability to do certain things. Why? You were created in his image, in his likeness. That doesn't matter who you are. You can't, you can't just allow what folks say to you or how they label you. You, just can't, you can't accept stuff like that. The main thing you need to accept about yourself, whether you saint or sinner, you were created in the image and the likeness of God. There are things about you that's just like God. You hear me? That's all of us. I can't take it. Yes, you can take it. You just talking like the world. You just acting like the world. This just too much. No, that ain't too much. 
The one that made you said he ain't going to put no more on you than you can handle. You just, you just got to settle down and believe what he said. Stuff that, stuff financial, I used to say this right here. I used to say, man, ain't, ain't no way I can handle that. In hindsight, I'm handling a thousand times more than what I said I couldn't handle. A thousand times more than what I said I couldn't handle. When I had a worldly mind, I said, man, ain't no way I can do that. I'm doing 20 times more. What's the difference? Him. Realizing who I need in my life, God, and putting into action his word. Only difference. I used to be scared of a $248 house note. I did. I'm just being honest with you. And before I paid for the for my for my house, well for my house is I said, man, hey, two forty-eight, and now they talking about a thousand plus. Man, I don't know if I want to make that leap. <laughs> it was all about me. It, instead of recognizing that some certain things God opens, and the, and the main thing you got to do is just step through the door and trust him and just follow his direction and everything else will be taken care of. You can't allow trouble, even, even uh, trouble that's imaginary, to get you out of the will of God. Because some things we imagine, and, and just imagining it, we never walk through the door. It was too scary. We just said, oh, Lord, I can't do that. So you never walk through the door. Get this. Even though that was your heart's desire. And God told you if you delight yourself in him, he'll give it to you. And at the time he was ready, you were too afraid because of the adversity of the difficulty. And so you fainted. You fainted. You fainted. You lost courage. You gave up. You gave up. And that's probably everybody's story in here. At one time or another, we gave up, and we shouldn't have. And, and this is what's so sad. And, and then years go by, we'd be like, man, I should have did that. 
man, I'm sitting here thinking about how I was going to have to pay $1,000. And now, that same house, that payment is $4,000 a month. I should have jumped on it when it was a thousand. You hear what I'm saying? You just got to know what God's will is. You can't, you can't think. You cannot think just because you're facing difficulty. And so, he says here in Proverbs 24 and 10, if you faint in the day or time of adversity, your strength is babyish, small, or like a baby. Lord have mercy. I don't want to make nobody in here mad, but this next question is going to rattle somebody. And so I want you to look at me as I ask you this question. How many times have you been babyish? And most of us should just be honest and say, I don't know, it's been so many. Based upon the text, how many times have you acted like a baby? Because some of y'all are like, where you get that subject from? Where that title come from? Now you know. How many times have you acted like a baby? You're not a baby. Grown man, but... You've had your childish moments. I've had my childish moments. And now Solomon is telling all of us, if you give up, if you quit, if you tuck tail and run, in the day of your difficulty, your strength is small. Certain things going to let you know whether you are mature or not. Certain things going to let you know whether you are mature or not. Certain things that have let me know whether I should be pastoring or not. Whether I should be a business owner or not. Whether I should be a landlord or not. I have had some clients that, that, that have said some things to me. And I said, man, I, I, in my mind, I need to get out this house, this rental house business. I need to get out this business, right? Simply because of folk. Being difficult. 
And in my mind, man, I just need to let all this stuff go. I'm telling y'all my story. A little bit of it anyway. I would love to hear some of yours. <laughs> what is it that calls you to act immature? Who is it that calls you to quit or want to quit? Now, I didn't quit. No, for, but, it, but, it, but it came to my mind. I said, man, I look. Then I just caught myself. I'm the, I'm the landlord. <laughs> I got to let them know they got to go if they're going to be. But see, certain things will try to make you give up, quit. If you don't handle it properly, you can't faint. You can't faint. It's some stuff that can attack your body, attack your mind, that will make you want to just give up on life. Even though God hadn't told you it's your time to go. As a child of God, you got to have that in your mind. I ain't going nowhere until it's my appointment. I'm hurting right now, but I ain't going nowhere until it's my appointment. Then, then you can get injured and you can just automatically think that, look, I can't do this no more. Did God tell you that? Or is that just in your mind because of what's going on? You better check the Bible. That, that Jesus, Jesus said to folks, that, look, if, if your hand is offending you, Cut it off. It's better to be without it. Get this. Than out of the will of God. See, you, you can never say what you can't do until God tells you you can. My doctor said, your doctor ain't God. Now you're mad at me. You didn't even respond when I said that. <laughs> Say to your neighbor, your doctor ain't God. Your preacher ain't God. Your mama ain't God. And you ain't God. God has the final. That's the reason he is deemed Alpha, Omega, the beginning, the end. The one that was, the one that is, and the one that is soon to come. You got to have the mindset that no matter what type of difficulty you're going through, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, or what have you, that you're not going to faint. You're not going to faint. You're not going to give up. You can't give up just because you're going through something. And I'm not going to have no pity party, which seems like pastor is not understanding. He just don't know that it's real. No, I ain't, I ain't having no pity party, which 
Now, I stopped doing that a long time ago. If God hadn't told you to stop, how dare you make the decision on your own? I used to hear older people in church saying, well, you know, I'm going to step back and let the young folk. Well, we hear you going to step back, but we won't know what God said. When I get 65, I'm going to let it all go. Who told you that? Is that your decision or is it God's decision? You must, you must not be a son of God. Or a daughter of God. For the Bible is very, very clear. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. You don't make your own decision. When you decide to make your own decision, like it or not, you're fainting. You're giving up. Can't give up. If you give up just because it's difficult, your strength is like a baby. You want somebody to tell Google to you? <laughs> Ain't gonna happen. Let me close. I'm getting them looks now. You can't quit. You can't quit. But pastor, no, you can't quit. And, and we have the perfect example. Jesus didn't quit, did he? I, I think folks don't really understand when, when they had beat him, and he was bleeding from his crown. And it was going to his feet. But yet he still had the mindset to carry the cross. Losing blood which is life. For Leviticus tells us life is in the blood. He had to lose blood. He had to shed it. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Walker couldn't have got saved if he, did, if he didn't go through that trouble. He couldn't quit. He had to let them beat him so the blood could flow because if he hadn't shed it, Elder Bray and Brant would still be in the crack house. Elder Florence would still be locked up. Deacon Oak would still be stingy. You understand what I'm saying? I got to move on, but say to somebody, if you faint, 
In the day of adversity, if you faint because of difficulty, you are acting like a baby. The solution, when you start acting like a baby, is found in 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. I'm closing with this. When you get there, look at somebody and tell them, I love the pastor. And if you mean that, say, I really love the pastor. First Corinthians 13, verse 11. I think some messages that, that I teach folk think, well, he's telling us he don't have to go through that yet. Let me tell you something. What I'm teaching to you right now, I can't tell you how many times I have, I have had to remind myself not to give up, not to quit. Lord have mercy. But this is a solution when you get to acting babyish. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. This is the revelation that Paul gave the church about himself. Very personal. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. And child in the verse represents, in one sense, immaturity. He admitted that he was immature. But then, this is what he said, he did. When I became a man, or mature, I put away childish I didn't deal with that trouble the way I should have. But now I am. I didn't handle that difficult situation the way I should have. But now I'm going to handle it right. I didn't tell my daughter the truth when she came to me. That was real immature of me. But I'm going to correct it. I'm going to her house. She ain't going to have to come to me this time. And I'm just going to tell her point blank what the Lord is leading me to say. I missed out on a good opportunity because I was afraid of what they told me it would cost. But I'm going to correct that. If the opportunity comes again, I'm going to jump on it. That's country right there. That's what he did. When he was immature, he recognized, I got to put this away. I got to put it this way. And see, he was a grown man at the time because he never referred to Proverbs 22 and 6. 
Proverbs 22 and 6 says when you're, you're a little, when a child, a literal child has to be taught or trained. But here Paul says it ain't about him, him, his training. It's about him recognizing that, look, I just been childish. I'm just going to put this away. I just been thinking, immature, talking, immature, and acting immature. But today, it ends. I'm going to start handling it as a mature person. Amen? Amen. I'm done. Let's get a lot of hand of praise.